Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of St. Albans. If you'll take a moment and sign the pew pads at the end of your pew, that'd be great. A uh, few announcements. Uh, beginning um, with liturgists. Anybody else want to stand up here and <laughs> do this? Contact Mary Ellen. <laughs> um, also, Parents' Night Out is uh, February 14th from 6 to 9. You can read that in the details in the bulletin. Um, don't see any. Well, yeah. Um, for the youth, <clears throat> grades um, 8 to 12, I'd highly recommend you all uh, check out the Montreath Treat Youth Conference. Uh, Holly went to one, uh, but that was out in Illinois, but it really is... Uh, an experience to go uh, and there's only a few slots and um, the the cooking teams those are posted on the refrigerator in the kitchen the cooking teams are posted on the refrigerator your dates <laughs> okay and uh, Pastor Doug has some more announcements on uh Monday night, we have visiting hours for a funeral for Jim Shepard right here in the sanctuary, and that funeral will be Tuesday morning at 11. So that's for Jim Shepard and his family. We ask that you also keep them in your prayers. Also Wednesday, Charlie Schaefer died uh, on Friday, and uh, or excuse me, Thursday, and we're asking prayers for the family as well. His funeral will be here on Wednesday in the sanctuary. Visitation from 5.30 till 7 and the service will follow that. So because of this, all the Wednesday evening uh, uh, choirs and meals and study will be canceled so that we can all attend. So that will be again Wednesday at 5.30 and with the service at 7. Also for today, we have our annual congregational meeting. I hope you have a, a copy either on your device or in front of you as a hard copy. Uh, we will be going through that right here in the sanctuary just immediately following service. Uh, Mary Ellen will be playing a postlude just to get us all ready. And, but in, anyone who would like to leave, uh, visitors, you may go and get in the lunch line ready once we're finished with the with our annual meeting, we'll join you at lunch as well. So that's all the news I have.
That was beautiful. Man. Uh, let us worship God. <clears throat> With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God and hi? What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God? Now let us stand and sing hymn number 70, What Does the Lord Require of You? And there are directions for this hymn. You all have done it before. Uh, you sing verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, and then we go back, and you pick a line, any line, and all three happen at the same time, and we'll sing through that twice, with all three happening at the same time. So please stand. Say that again. Let us pass the peace. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. And then we'll sing hymn number 762. God's blessings. <laughs>
strong to follow you. We ask this all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Please remain standing as we have our call to confession. Let us confess our sins, for the Holy One delights in blessing those who seek to walk with God. You have not done what is blameless and right nor spoken truth from the heart with love. We do not keep your word, and when we participate in gossip, our words and deeds cause pain. Forgive us by the power of your mercy that we might stand in the goodness of Christ and walk in the light of his love. Amen. Take a moment for silent confession. Sisters and brothers, your sins are forgiven by the faith of Christ, 
who choose love over hatred and forgiveness over blame. Rejoice and be glad, for God's mercy is great. Jesus brings healing, justice, and peace. seated. And now if you want to turn in your pew Bibles um, to page four, no, I'm sorry, page 866. We're reading from the Old Testament. This is Micah chapter six, verses one through eight. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O oh, my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt, and redeemed you from the house of slavery, and I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember now that King Bakla and Moab devised what Balaam, son of Baor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord? and bow myself before God on high. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, what and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> if you would, let's all uh, get our hymnals out and, and stand if you're able and let us sing hymn number 518.
be seated. <clears throat> and if you would turn with me to our New Testament reading this morning from Matthew chapter 5, reading verses 1 through 12 on your pew Bible on page 4 of the New Testament. Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> there was a radio show on National Public Radio on Saturdays uh, for 13 years. Some of you know it. Uh, if you have seen see the title of the sermon, you go, oh yeah, I, I remember that. It was called, What Do You Know? That's because in Minnesota, where this show originated, it was a common greeting and answer. Someone would say, hey, what do you know? The answer was, oh, what do you know? There you go. So that was, that was just what you expect when you say, what do you know? Not much, you. And that, that's, that was a whole pretense of having that as the title of that show. It was a local thing, kind of a local joke on the rest of the country, not knowing what's happening. But after 13 years, you joined right in, no matter where you were. And when the host would say, what do you know? You'd say, not much, you. 
And that's what our, our scriptures are kind of doing a what do you know with us this morning because they both, they, both of these scriptures are kind of challenging us of what we know and what we don't know. And what if we think we know, we discover, oh, we really don't know much because both of our scriptures this morning turn the tables on us, if you will. They take us from what is expected to what God is expecting. That's, that's not necessarily the same thing. What does the world expect? What does God expect? Well, the Apostle Paul put it this way in his letter to the church at Corinth, and you'd find that in 1 Corinthians in the first chapter toward the end of the chapter. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful, and not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing the things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. In order that, as it is written, let no one boast, boast, let, let no one who boasts boast in the Lord. So Paul was asking the same question. If you think you know, you probably don't. If you think you're strong, you aren't. If you think you're rich and powerful, it's just a mist. Only God has these qualities. And only God's children, the ones who show those qualities, do so because God has imbued them in you, not because of who you are or who you think you are. God's answer to all those who think they're strong and wise and, and beautiful and, and healthy and wealthy, well, God has other words for them, other ways to uh, teach them, if you will. And God's answer is often that eloquence is not the aim. Your authority is not the reason for your being. Worldly wisdom is not the basis that heaven, on the way how heaven operates. And often what happens is that people who are strong and, and uh, powerful and those in authority think they are the ones who are in charge. And so they make either their own gods or they make themselves out to be gods. And in all of the human endeavor, when people made up their own gods, they would do so with kind of two major emphases, em emphasis, you know, two major efforts. They would say either, uh, they would pick and choose and imagine gods that were wise. Wow. 
there we go. <laughs> Pay attention, yes. <laughs> they, they would say that God, they would pick gods that were wise. But those gods that were wise, these human-made gods, had all the foibles of humans. They had human-like actions and image. They were short-sighted and, and over-the-top in their actions and in their deliberations. They were more like just superhumans in that way, but they were still short in the ultimate ways of being God. They were not omnipotent. They weren't omnipresent. They weren't omniscient. They didn't know everything. They weren't everywhere. They weren't all-powerful. Humans also, to help themselves think that they were important or good or strong, would also invent gods that were cyclical. And what I mean about that is that they were dependent upon humans to get them through their cycle, whatever that might be. These were gods that required humans to, to feed them and clothe them, to, uh, to bring them back from their daily death. Otherwise, they weren't gods. If the gods weren't recycled, they were useless. But humans felt important because they were a part of making this god powerful. They were part of the human intervention. They didn't see that, oh, wow, we did this. Oh, wow, we made this up. But it helped humans to think that they were doing things. And that made them important. So you either pick gods that are, are wise because they are just like you, because you're wise, or you pick gods that require you to do things. And both these elements are involved with how you think salvation should happen. You either require the right knowledge or the right action or the right ritual in order to have that salvation to obtain the proper attitude to get your way into heaven. But that's not what our scriptures say. Our scriptures are almost opposite. Micah the prophet is, is saying, what does the Lord require of you? Does the Lord require all the offerings and the sacrifices, the, the right rituals? And Jesus is saying, you, you think that the ones that are strong are blessed? No. You think the ones that have, are, have all the comforts in the world don't mourn or they aren't hungry or they aren't seeking righteousness? No. That's the opposite. These are the ones that God is working with and through. These are the ones to whom God is focusing because they are the ones that are, the one, the most accepting and the most joyful when the acceptance comes. Because if you follow a God that's, that in which you have to do something the right way to, to, to attain salvation, then it's real easy to do that thing and say, I'm done. I'm good. I've gotten my salvation. 
or if you attain that the, the, all the secrets and mysteries of the wisdom of, of your God, why, no one can detain you or, or divert you. But our scriptures remind us that God does not have a regard for us because of what we know. God is not holding us in high esteem because of what we do. When we hold that knowledge and we do those things for ourselves, that's the kicker. When we're protecting ourselves or building ourselves up, God says, you're not worshiping. You're not acting right. You're not living right. What does our Lord require? Remember what Micah said. To do justice. To love kindness. To walk humbly with your God. Not in spite of your God or ahead of your God. With your God. God is seeking those qualities in all of us. Jesus, in the same way, says to show God, to, to be helpful for God, you have to be meek and humble and merciful, aware of your own shortcomings and aware of the needs of those around you. Be ready as peacemakers and truth-tellers and seekers of righteousness. God wants us to act with him. And God wants to act with us. God doesn't want us to do things for God. God doesn't need us in that regard. God wants us to be alongside. You remember, in, and maybe you don't, in, in John chapter 10, when Jesus talks about who God is to us, what God seeks from us, in, in John chapter 10, he says, God wants us to be friends. Hmm. How do I treat my friends? That that might be a great illumination on how you treat God or what you expect from God. God is acting with us. He doesn't want us to act for God. We aren't replacing God. We are walking alongside, journeying with. God is not looking for people to, who claim to be correct in every way but to follow Christ who is. God is not looking for people who claim to know every secret of life to be the, 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 uh, to know everything about everything. God is seeking constantly to be a part of every word and every part of our everyday day. God's death on the cross was not an end to require us to complete it, there wasn't anything for us to actually do. 
to make the resurrection real. God's wisdom is not attainable in that way. God's wholeness is not gathered up in that way. But we can use God's strengths, his righteousness, his love to be a partner with Christ, to show and be a part of God's world in that way. That is what God's seeking us to do with God's wisdom in, in God's reality. So don't boast in what you know or what you've done, but boast in what God has done in you, with you, through you. Remind others that it is God doing that because otherwise it's whatever you know. And what do you know? But with God, all things are possible. Amen? Amen. Amen. One final Psalm 34, it says, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Now, if you would, let us stand together and affirm what we believe <coughs> using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings of this day and for this opportunity to give. Use these gifts in your world, in your work, that soon every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord and Savior. In this we pray, amen and amen. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. On this day, this first Sunday of the month, we come to share in communion at the table. The table which God has provided, God has blessed, not just with, in this moment, but through all time. We are reminded that a long time ago, he came to the table of his disciples in that, in that way that that Paul told his, his disciples the story in the letter to Corinth. And we're told that on that night which Christ was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it. He gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body given for you. Take Eat,
good healthy bit of bread and dip it in the cup. I know that Christ is with us. Come and share. As we come to prayer for our, ourselves, our families, our congregation, our world, you can 
take a look at the list in the bulletin that you have for your own prayer time at, at home. Uh, the list continues, and uh, of course we would add the Shepherd family, and for the Schaefer family, we ask prayers for uh, uh, the uh, Turley and uh, Great House family. They've had a, also a death, uh, a cousin of Lori's, and also an, un an aunt for, uh, for uh, Adam. <laughs> had to think of his name there for a second. So we lift them up in prayer as well. But there may be others to add this morning. What prayers do we need to lift up to our Lord today? Seeing no others, but knowing this, there still are plenty more. Let us, you guys have a, oh, I, I thought you had a hunger prayer, another hunger skit. You're just ready. Okay. <laughs> if you would, let, let us come to prayer. Take some time for your own private prayers. Let us pray. Lord, in this hour, we've been worshiping you, focusing on you, and now we're focusing on us, which is fine. You ask us to do that, to bring things to you, the things in our hearts, the things closest to us, for our friends and family that are, that are hurting or in pain or lost. So we're grateful that this is part of worship that we can give these issues and names to you. We're, we're grateful for the news about Terry with the cancer-free. We are uh, thrilled to hear that Mona will have uh, a procedure, not, not so thrilling that she'll go through it, but it will be helpful. But often, Lord, there are some of us that are going through the pains of, of surgeries and, and treatments that are not so happy or take longer to get through. So we pray for Kathy and her chemo and for young Hannah and her thyroid cancer, which will, I'm, I'm sure, take many harsh treatments. We are praying for Melissa with her, her toe pain, that the, how the little things can take us, our, we big people down. What a way to remind us that we don't know everything, and even when we do, when we think we're everything, we're not. And we also hope that for Alex, that her travels will take her to a, a good spot in training. Be, help be with all the families who are facing death. We're all facing death, but those who are right now at the cusp, not quite there to celebrate the resurrection, still hurting with the pain. And so we ask your, your presence with the Schaefer's family and the Shepherd family. For all the, all the others who are seeking your your uh, hope and help. And we, we pray for the, for the uh, Lori's cousin's family as well. Give them your blessings. Raise them up to your hope and help and knowledge and peace. Because that will come. 
That's part of the blessing that Jesus announced. We who are in pain or, or mourn, we who are hungering and thirsting, we will find that satisfaction. Sometimes, Lord, we want that on our time, not your time. But Lord, this pr our prayers are part of that time of being built up, of being prepared, of sustaining ourselves and others in your hope and health and resurrection. So be with us, Lord, in all of our decisions and all of our ways. For the pastor nominating committee as they continue their work, for a session that seeks to be to, to hold you as the leader, and for all of us who entertain our places and our parts in your ministry and mission, we give you these prayers and seek your blessing, not for our sake, but for yours. And we do that especially in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you would, let us uh, now stand and sing our final hymn, number 753, knowing that we will sit back down and be ready for our congregational meeting. Number 753, let's stand as you're able.
So go, not yet. <laughs> In God's knowledge, God's blessings of mercy and humbleness and patience and joy. Amen? Amen. Amen.